Paz IM Radio with your co-hosts Robert Brining and Aaron Laxton. We go around the world and across the United States. Join in the conversation by calling in to 929-477-3572. That's 929-477-3572. This week, we have your HIV scoop with Josh Robbins and your positive message from Rise Up to HIV and Kevin Maloney. Your weekly dose of hope. Pause IM Radio. I hope you're ready for season two because it starts now. Good afternoon, everyone, and happy Sunday to you. This is Robert from uh, Broadcasting Live from Philly, joined by my co-host, Aaron Laxton. Aaron, how are you? I am waterlogged. It has been raining for the past three days here in St. Louis. Well, a lot different than Chicago. Well, I think the storms are... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, the storms are heading up there, but yeah, uh, from last week, it's a huge uh, difference for sure. Yeah, but it's heading our way. I know we're going to be getting the storms up here in the Northeast probably, uh, I think they said Monday night into Tuesday morning early. It was going to be like really bad. So I'm not looking forward to driving into work in a thunderstorm. Yeah, no, all the rivers are flooding here. And um, yeah, so it's, like I said, it's been raining for the last three days. It's not forecasted to stop until tomorrow. All right. So good luck with all that. Stay dry. <laughs> so how are you? I mean, it's been a week since we've seen each other. You know, we were at a, in Chicago at Healthy Voices 17. Uh, what an amazing event for me to get back into the conference. It was my first conference back since, you know, the time off from the show and stuff like that. And to make the connections with people and to just to see people like you and, and you know, Josh Robbins and Kevin Maloney and to meet individuals who I've never met before, you know, like uh, – like Positively D, it was an amazing experience for me. I know you've been there a few years, and you were actually on a panel this year. Um, what was that like for you to, to be up there representing, you know, the HIV advocates and, and stigma? Uh, I mean, it was – so obviously I'm, you know, representing my own experience. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was nice. I always – I never – I try to never take it for granted whenever I'm asked to do something like that. And – you know, the great thing about Healthy Voices is uh, you get to meet so many people from across health, you know, conditions and diseases. And so um, all the other panelists that were on there were really um, our top-notch, you know, advocates in their own rights. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I really uh, – I walked away from the weekend re-energized, re, you know, recharged, and, uh, you know, now hopefully can improve, you know, my video content and, and other uh, – other advocacy work. Yeah, definitely recharge. That's a great word. Um, uh, yeah, recharge is, is the word that I'm going to use too because it, it felt like when we were there, you know, the HIV advocates came a day early for the Purposeful Connection Summit. And, you know, sitting in that circle and, and sharing openly and honestly about our feelings and where we've come from and, and how we got to where we are and, and where we'd like to go, you know, moving forward in our advocacy, it just really brought a human, a sense of, of, of human. 
You know what I mean? Like we're all normal. We're all the same. And, and, and I could just feel like the energy coming off everyone when they were sharing in it. And like I said, it rebooted me. It made me want to get more involved, get out there, be more, you know, vocal instead of just doing the show, being more, you know, of an advocate who's, who's, I guess, more in the light instead of uh, back here in the, you know, behind the microphone. Right. Yeah. It's fun. I, I had a blast. I think sometimes it, it's easy for us to kind of sometimes feel like we're the only one doing something. Um, and so Healthy Voices for me is it's always a time to kind of reflect that, you know, there's other people that are that are doing similar work, maybe in different ways. Um, and so it was really nice to spend, you know, four days with uh, people from across the blogosphere. No, that is true. And I, I do want to open up the phone lines. We're going to take the first few uh, minutes of the show. If anybody's interested in calling in and sharing your experience about the Healthy Voices uh, Conference, you can call in at 929-477-3572. Uh, just hit the the one button so we know you want to come on and you're not just listening. Um, you know, one of the big things that I was actually, I felt honored that during the Facebook presentation, they actually spotlighted, you know, the radio show in, in I guess, when they were speaking about using a Facebook page and the importance and the power of a Facebook page, you know, to get your brand out there. And, you know, that was kind of awesome. Uh, I, I missed it because I slept in a little bit that day. Um, but I, I saw the pictures and, and I watched it back live, and I was really excited that they showcased uh, our page up there. Yeah, no, it was really, you know, it was awesome to see. Uh, and I didn't know that they were going to do that. So uh, when I'm sitting in there and, it, it, uh, you know, they just happened to pull it up. So it was really, really awesome. It's awesome for other people to see um, see the work and and that's you, you know, that you maintain the Facebook. And um, so I think a lot of people may not be aware, you know, you, you go in super early in the morning. And so um, all the advocacy work that, that we do, that you do with the radio show is on top of, you know, a, a full-time job. And so that's, uh, yeah, it was really nice to have Facebook do that. Yeah, I was I was stoked about it. So thank you, Facebook, for that. Um, I did also want to send a thank you out to uh, James's Pharmaceuticals for you know making the conference possible and paying our expenses to go there and and to participate in this life changing conference. I'm like excited, ready for next year. Like I'm like, what's the next project I want to do? You know what I mean? The big uh, the big announcements they made at lunch the last day was the the uh, the Healthy Voices Impact Fund. Um, what were your thoughts on that? That that was exciting for, you know, activists like ourselves who, you know, may not be out there, you know, generating money, more likely just, you know, volunteering our time to make a difference. Yeah, so I think it's, you know, uh, Jensen announced that they are going to dedicate $30,000. Um, and what's unique about this is that traditionally, in order to be eligible for grants, um, it's organization. Um, and so this is the first time that it recognizes that individuals, um, you know, are doing the work and individuals uh, will have access to this. You do not have to be a 501c3. Uh, it is dedicated specifically to online health advocacy. So you did not even have to go to Healthy Voices um, in order to apply for the grant. Um, so, yeah, it's it's really awesome. I think it, there's a lot of great work out there that needs funded. There's a lot of people that are funding all of their work through their own pocket. And so um, 
this is a, an important first step. And uh, yeah, a huge thank you to Jameson for kind of listening. Um, Josh Robbins is another one of the key figures who sat on an advisory panel um, and helped to to get to this point. So, you know, we're we're hugely um, thankful to Josh for the continued work that he does with Pause I Am and um, that he does for the community. Yeah, you know, I actually attended his um, his session where he he spoke about you know he gives us tips and tricks on creating better, powerful you know videos for our advocacy and and online presence. And I got to say that he knows a lot of stuff. He is one smart one smart guy. I definitely learned a lot of tricks on, on things to do. You know, when I get to the point when I want to start making videos, because then you know hearing him speak about that kind of push my buttons like I need to start putting video content out there and then after that was YouTube and it kind of like it kind of made me feel like they were overlapped for a purpose so you know who knows you might start seeing me and pause I am up on YouTube again um, you know making videos it definitely it was a push forward like a nudge yeah no uh, he knows a lot I mean he's been doing this for a really long time and uh, I'm, I'm, I never cease to be amazed whenever I sit in a session with Josh um, you know, hopefully next year we can get to more of the editing, but even using the tricks that he gave us in session, uh, healthy voices, you know, my video content has improved. So, um, you know, for sure, I, there's so many resources at healthy voices to improve, whether that's how we take care of ourselves or how we improve our content. Um, so yeah, I would encourage you if you were not able to attend Healthy Voices 17, um, be sure to be looking out for next year whenever it opens up. Um, it will. It's one of my favorite conferences um, in the world, and now you see why. Yeah, you know, I attended one like I told you before, similar to like that in Philly called the E Patients Connections, but I didn't feel connect it um, like I did when I was at this conference. So I was glad that I went and I, I hope that next year, you know, I'm able to go again. And like you said, we met amazing people. I have a lot of people on hold. If anybody is on the line and want to uh, speak with us on air and want to talk about either the Healthy Voices um, conference or you have a question, uh, please press the number one so we know you want to come on air and speak with us. Uh, one of the amazing health advocates that I met was uh, a, a woman by the name of Barbie Engel. Uh, she is amazing um, when they did the first session where we had to sit down and have assigned seats um, at the round tables and we worked together as a group um, she was somebody who I sat with at that table and then again when we went to dinner at wildfire she was also uh, I guess drafted to be at you know the table that I was at and she was just a lot of fun and you know she does amazing work um, and you can find her on Twitter at, um, at Barbie Ingle or Barbie with a Y, or you can find her at Power of Pain. She runs the iPain Foundation, providing education and awareness for patients, caregivers, and worldwide. So check her out on Twitter. She's awesome. So I do have somebody on hold, so let's go ahead and bring on area code 407. You're on the air. Who's this? Hi, it's Danny in Orlando. How are you guys? Good, Very Danny. Good. How, How are you? you? Oh, it's hot here. Hot here, guys. Very, 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 very hot. Um, I just want to follow up that you guys, you guys got to go to that uh, conference. I really wish I had gotten to go, but it wasn't meant for me, I guess. Um, it looks like you learned a lot. Uh, you bonded a lot. You met a lot of really interesting people. And um, I just hope I get to go next year. What's your one takeaway from the conference, each of you? 
Uh, you want to go first? Hmm. Or? No, I'll let you go first. Okay. Um, the one thing that I learned that I didn't know going there was that other people with other health conditions also deal with stigma. Um, you know, Aaron was on the panel talking about, you know, um, stigma with HIV, but then there was other people there who dealt with other chronic illnesses who also dealt with stigma. And I didn't think that it was something that could be associated with somebody else. And it's interesting that it, it was. So I, I learned a lot about that actually there. So one of my uh, favorite sessions was whenever, so this year something new was Facebook corporate was there and YouTube corporate was there. And oh, that's so, cool. yeah, so we got to learn a lot. Um, and so just focusing how we look at the analytics, how we look at improving our content. Um, and, and so how to have a strategy when it comes to creating content. So for me, that was kind of, I geek out when it comes to things like that. Um, and so that was probably my favorite. And yeah, so that's all, I'm going to stick with that. I think that's my favorite. Is that your final answer? <laughs> that's my, I mean, <laughs> that's so my good, final answer. There's, there's, yeah, there's so many good times. There's so many good things. Uh, but I think that's my final answer, yes. Okay, cool. Anyway, I want to extend the invitation to both of you that I'm ready to do another show, Robert and Aaron. I'm ready. I'm ready. You um, got it. I, you got it, Danny. I'll be reaching out to you. All right, that sounds good. You take care and um, have a good show. All right, Danny. Thanks for calling in, Danny. Thank you. Cool. So, again, the phone number is 929-477-3572. We'll be taking a few more um, calls for the next few minutes uh, about Healthy Voices. If you're interested, uh, give us a call. So, you know, my favorite thing was still the purposeful connection, sitting there and connecting with people, you know, who were dealing with our own situations. Um, and what I loved about it is the, 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 the connection we made there, it kind of overflowed into Healthy Voices. I was expecting it to kind of not have the same feeling. But even when I walked into Healthy Voices, being the first time attendee, never being there before, you know, it exceeded all of my expectations. People welcomed me with open arms. I mean, I remember sitting in the lobby and the girls from, um, from, from Jansen's came up and they're like, hey, Robert, you know, where are you on the plane? They were on the plane with me flying in from Philly and I didn't even know it. It would have been cool to, you know, maybe hang out with them for a little bit. But it was just nice to know that, you know, people... I guess I felt like we were recognized as HIV advocates, and it was nice. Well, and for those who weren't there, so there were 15 HIV-specific activists that were brought in the day before Healthy Voices. This was actually the first year that it happened, and it was a whole day that was just um, we were provided a, a pre-conference kind of uh, workshop by um, Johnson & Johnson's Technical Performance Institute, and uh, if you've never met her, uh, Rhonda, who leads this, is one of the most um, high-energy, motivating individuals you'll meet. And, and so I was very happy when I walked in and saw her. Um, and what we focused on a lot for health, uh, Purposeful Connections was, what did we do for, for us? How do we take care of ourselves? What are our virtues? What are our principles? And then we concluded the day by writing a mission statement um, for ourselves. Uh, to help guide us. And it was just a very powerful, um, jam-packed day for sure. 
Yeah, it was it was awesome, and uh, people can find out more about my experience at the conference by going to pauseiamradio.com and checking out the blog. I just posted one there. I know also they can follow me on pauseiamradio on Twitter. Um, Aaron, you are are you just Aaron Laxton? There's no um, M, right? I'm just Aaron Laxton. Yeah, I'm just Aaron Laxton across all social media. So just check me out, and, and you'll find my stuff. I actually haven't written yeah, any follow-up for Healthy Voices. Yeah, I need to, I guess. Yeah, I'd like to see that. I mean, we posted and tweeted a lot from there. I mean, I even went live on Facebook for the first time with uh, Positively D, and uh, it was kind of cool to to be live somewhere talking to people about what was going on, and we interviewed people who were walking by, you know, who were attending the conference, and that can all so I'll post it within the blog uh, that I, I set up um, yesterday, so go ahead and check that out. I was excited. You know what else? The thing that I loved about the conference is they had the two photo shoots, like the photo booths. Uh, Healthline and Jansen put one together where they had like emojis and little posters and you could wear like uh, hats and sunglasses. That was really cool. And then there was one that was put on by Johnson and Johnson and their donate a photo um, campaign. It's an app that you download and you can take a photo every day and each photo that you take, it donates money to a specific cause that you choose. So that was really cool. I thought that was a, a great way to get a, you know, to, to make a difference by just taking photos. I mean, how many times do you take a selfie a day? I mean, I take quite a few. On that note, let's go ahead over to uh, this week's HIV Scoop with Josh Robbins, and we'll be right back with uh, our guest, TJ. This is your HIV Scoop with Josh Robbins, exclusive for Pause I Am Radio. Buzzworthy HIV news in under 90 seconds. Here's Josh Robbins in this week's HIV Scoop. Sobering news this week from a 15-year-old study of 90,000 people diagnosed with HIV. Here's the outcome. HIV-positive men are twice as likely to die by suicide than members of the general population. More specifically, the suicides are most likely to occur in the first year following diagnosis, with 4 in 10 suicides occurring during this time. Recently diagnosed men's suicide rate is five times that of the general population. Guys, this is insanity, but totally and unfortunately not surprising, really. The shocking stat comes from a 15-year study of almost 90,000 people diagnosed with HIV in England and Wales presented at this week's British HIV Association Conference. The elevated risk of suicide does not translate to females, however. Followers of my blog are keen on my commitment and now my double down on trying to inject love, life, and encouragement into these individuals, alarmingly at highest risk of ending their own lives based on their own assumption of isolation and there being no other choice. We've got to do more to reiterate to these individuals that life can and will happen even with an HIV diagnosis. Next, more than a third of HIV patients develop oral conditions from immune systems compromised by the virus and its treatment, according to the National Institutes of Health. That's why the NIH has given a new $1.5 million grant targeting oral complications of HIV to Case Western Reserve University, where researchers are taking aim at where inflammation can be especially harmful to patient health. In the mouth and throat, I'm Josh Robbins. This was your HIV scoop. There you have it. Thank you, Josh Robbins, for this week's HIV scoop. For more information on Josh, you can go to amstelljosh.com. So moving 
on. So today's guest is CJ, and I'm going to pray that I say his last name right, and it's Dobinsky, um, who is an advocate runner out of Ohio. He is making uh, making big splashes um, being a part of the Rise Up to HIV. He's the new youth ambassador. He is also, the, I believe, the youth ambassador for Youth Across Borders. Please help me welcome CJ to the show. How are you doing, CJ? I'm doing great, Robert. How are you doing? Great. We're excited Hello? to have you. Did I pronounce it correctly? You did, actually. Um, I say Stobinsky, yeah. but Stobinsky is fine. So a couple of times I said Tobinsky <laughs> with a silent S. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, we're excited to finally have you on. I know we had to reschedule you because of the Easter holiday, and then we were away last week at Healthy Voices. So I'm excited that you were able to, to make it on today and, and share your story with our audience. Um, Please uh, let's start with um, let's start with when you were diagnosed. Tell us a little bit about that. Okay, well, um, it was 2014. Um, I had spent the summer um, walking uh, half a mile to work and getting a bottle of wine every day and walking home after work and drinking that by myself. Um, I woke up one day next to a bottle of empty gin that I don't remember drinking and um, saw what Chipotle looks like in reverse all over my carpet in my bathroom. And uh, later that night, I had my appendix out and emergency surgery. Um, And a week later, um, I had decided to take control of my health, start 24 off fresh. So I went to, it had been some time, so I decided to start off 24 fresh with an HIV test and um, not really thinking that I was at risk for having acquired the virus. I went for a test um, at my, um, at the Tlitoluca County Health Department and uh, the test came back positive. um, And that was the day before I turned 24. So So you're you're almost 24 years old and you hear the words that you're HIV positive. What is your first reaction? I actually Were didn't even hear. I didn't actually HIV? hear the words. Um, they, uh, the tester, I think, flubbed a little bit. Saw it. He turned it around and he like looked at it twice and he's like, "How many do you see?" Um, which, when I went through the prevention counseling last August to become an HIV tester, they were like, yeah, they should not have done that. Um, <laughs> but uh, it wow. worked out in the end. So. But um, no, um, I, re- I would say no, I wasn't educated very well about HIV. Um, I had no idea that the rates were rising in children my, or in people my age. Um, I had no idea that, um, that it was still like really a thing to be worried about. Um, and I think that's a consequence of our lack of comprehensive, self, um, comprehensive sex education in, in this country. So. Hmm, do you think that's a uh, an, an issue now with with our young youth that that the me- message isn't getting out there to them? They think that you know one pill and you're good. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, um, I mean, jumping like into the middle of my story, I eventually was um, asked to become um, to train with the Ohio Department of Health um, as an HIV education trainer and train people um, working um, with teens. Um, at the YWCA, community health workers, um, health department employees, and I was invited to um, speak to over 100 students over about six sessions last year um, in February, 
with the uh, teen outreach program here in Toledo. And that, I mean, those kids are being, they're giving like a comprehensive sex education because their parents allow them to be in a program where they can receive that. But in the general school population, absolutely they're not getting it. Um, and I know there's a big push right now to get that done. Um, actually, one of my coworkers just traveled to Columbus about two weeks ago to um, with school to try to convince one of our legislators to come sponsor a bill that um, has kind of been sitting for about two years. Hey, this is Aaron. I'm glad to be on with you. I'm always um, really motivated whenever I hear other people's stories. Um, so just take us back when you, you know, you find out this diagnosis. What what was going through your head immediately after, um, you know, in, in the weeks and the months to follow? You, you said you got this diagnosis and it seems like there were some challenges with the, the tester that gave you the results. What did that look like in the aftermath of that? Um, well, I mean, the next day I obviously celebrated my birthday. Um, I forgot for a couple hours that everything had kind of occurred um, during the uh, during my birthday dinner. Um, and then I spent the night at my friend's house and woke up in the morning and everything kind of like came rushing back. And I kind of had the urge to I mean, I was seriously thinking about, like, killing myself, and I heard her um, singing through the vent um, leading from her bedroom to the bathroom where I was at. Um, this one will come out by, uh, this one will come out tomorrow by Annie. And it was the, it was just the silliest little thing that, like, made me think, like, you know, like, deep down inside, like, I know I'll be okay, but for right now, like, I'm not. Um, but I, I immediately connected to care. Um, I scheduled an appointment um, at University of Toledo Medical Center and um, got connected with then Age Resource Center Ohio, which is now rebranded as Equitas Health. Um, I was very resistant to medication at the beginning. I am a very holistic person, and I don't really like the use of prescription drugs too much, so I was kind of resistant to that. and. I mean, like any person who's newly diagnosed, I mean, you read like all these horror stories about people like having like crazy side effects and um, you feel like your doctor really isn't listening to you. And so it took me a little, uh, about two months to really come around to the idea of starting medication, um, which was just about around World AIDS Day. Um, and then it took me a a little while to get um to get the medicate to get triamec um there were a couple of hurdles um that i had to jump now when you were first when you were diagnosed if you don't mind like what were your initial counts or labs uh so like when i was uh, my initial viral, okay my initial viral load was um i think it was about 42,000 my cd4 was 447 so i was at a good level um, I had only acquired the virus earlier that year in about, I think, about January. So um, I caught it early on um, and got prescribed medication and undetectable within, I mean, about a year's time of acquiring it, um, which is, I think, a really important part of my story is that, um, you know, we're living in the here and now, um, HIV here and now, um, which is a blog that I've written for and need to start writing more for. Um, shout out to Michael Broder out there in New York City. Um, 
And uh, that's how it should be. People should be getting, I mean, people should not have the stigma of walking into a testing room to see if they have HIV. So that if they do have it, they get on medication and they drop to an undetectable viral load and then they're unable to transmit to their partners. That's how it should be. And we should be preserving immune function rather than having people like in Atlanta, where more than half of people who are diagnosed with HIV have already progressed to the stage of AIDS. So, uh, no, CJ, just the other day I saw... Go ahead, Aaron. No, no, no. no. It's all your No, uh, CJ, I was just going to say, the other day I saw you posted a video of uh, yourself running with one of your friends. Um, I, I don't remember her name off the top of my head. Uh, but you were you were wearing your your no shame about about being HIV positive shirt, um, and you know I, you're wearing it everywhere when you're running. Explain to me, have you always been a runner since you were younger? Did you run when you were in high school? Like, how did you get involved? Well, in I that? used I used to be um, the fastest kid in my gym class at about age two or um, grade two, and then I um, for the years I turned to my favorite drug of choice, which is food and um, got to be um, overweight, and I used to be about 250 pounds, and at 5'8", that left me with a 38-inch waist. Um, and I was always very conscious of the health effects of that because the men in my family have really bad hearts. And um, I eventually um, started to – I took the steps to lose weight um, at about age 22, um, and I moved to um, an island in Lake Erie called uh, Southwest Island, where there's a monument on Putin Bay. Um, they kind of call it the Key West of the Midwest. And I took up running while I was there. Um, and my first race ever was on Putin Bay, actually, um, where they're um, it's the site of the um, the War of 1812, um, the uh, Oliver Hazard Perry's Victory Monument. And that was my first race ever. And then um, a year's time went by, and I was supposed to run the next year. And that was actually when I had had my appendix out, so I wasn't able to run. And then I was diagnosed. And then um, I decided to um, become an activist um, when a person that I was living with denied me access to the shower or to the bathtub um, in the upstairs of the house that I was living in. Um, and I started to um, look into different ways that I could get involved. I went to um, a photo shoot for um, Positive Youth Foundation, uh, Positive Young People's Foundation um, in Indiana. Um, it's, it was a HIV Ends With Me Because social media campaign. And I started with that. And that led to me um, having the idea to... Um, start racing and come out publicly about my status. And at the time, H, um, AIDS Resource Center Ohio, which is now Equitas Health, invited me to go on the news in Toledo. Um, it was April 15th of, two, of 2015. It was my sister's birthday, actually. And on air, I announced to Toledo that I was running this 5K awareness campaign and that it was starting in four days with the Toledo AIDS Walk. And I won. Um, and in four days, the community rallied around me to make me the top fundraiser for Toledo. And I was invited to Dayton's Age to Walk the next day um, as a Grand Walker. 
Um, and I actually won that race too by about three seconds. Um, and wow. that started, I mean, that started everything. And then a week later, I, I competed in the, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. A week later. Oh, a week, a week later, I competed in the Glass City Marathon 5K and took first in my age group and 17th overall. Um, and I knew that, um, that this was the start of my story and that I was going to continue to tell it um, no matter what. Um, and then a month later, I ran a race, and that was the first time that I ran in the No Shame About Being HIV Positive shirt um, by Rise Up HIV. Um, and I posted my story um, to the page, or I, I shared the story with um, with the person who runs the page. He likes to keep as much as uh, a lowdown as he can, but you know who I'm talking about. Um, oh, we promote the hell out of Kevin Maloney here, so it's okay. Okay, <laughs> all right. Well, Kevin Maloney, shout out to you. You better be smiling right now. Um, right? <laughs> I know you're not having a good day, but you'll be having a great day tomorrow. So um, the sun will come out tomorrow, Kevin. And uh, the the story went viral, and it was at the time, I think one of the top four stories that it had ever, that had ever like the reach of it. And I was very humbled by that because I was like in a month's time, all these people rally around me and they were nothing but supportive. And I know that um, like a couple of days before I went on the news, I told my mom about my status and she was like, you know, you should really rethink this. People can be really cruel. And um, I said, I, don't, I really don't care. Um, and it was just amazing to see the embrace of support from people when um, it could have easily gone the other way. Um, and since then, I've That's ran it. many it. different races. Sorry, go ahead. No, I think it's, no, I was going to say, I just think it's incredible, you know, what you're doing and, and you're doing something that people, that somebody else, somebody else isn't doing, you know what I mean? You're, you're running and making a mm -hmm. statement when you're doing these races and, and you're, you're reaching people who may not see HIV or know it about HIV, you know, mm -hmm. when they're doing this because they may not be educated. So you're, you're making a difference in a place where some, you know, the, some other activists may not be making a place in that space. But I do want to open the lines because I see a lot of people sitting on hold. I know a lot of people will want to call in and speak to you or, talk about you. So the number 929-477-3572. If you're on hold and want to speak to CJ or us online, um, hit the number one button and we'll bring you on. I already have one. So I know when we come back, I want to talk about um, your your trip to Honduras uh, once we get a free second or okay. one of your friends join us here. So area code 614, I believe this is your friend Courtney. Yes, that's Hello? There. Hey. Hi, Courtney. Hi. Hey. CJ, I was hoping you would talk a little bit first, and then I can tell how we got into this whole thing. Okay, absolutely. Um, last year, I participated in AIDS Watch um, Ohio, um, and I was approached by somebody in my legislative group. Um, his name's Devin. He's a really nice guy. And he encouraged me to apply for a trip to go to Honduras that sends young people um, living with HIV to a children's home in Honduras called Montaña de Luz, um, which translates to Mountain of Light. Uh, it's next to Nueva Esperanza, which is the town of New Hope. And um, he encouraged me to apply for this trip. Um, and I applied and I went through an interview process and got accepted. And then in January, we traveled to Honduras for a week. 
and we got to spend time um, completely unplugged, no, no internet, no phones, no email, um, and it was one of the best weeks ever. And um, I've never had so much fun sitting in a hammock with three kids piled on top. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. But uh, Motani so Day uh, uh, No, I just wanted to know. Um, right, go, oh, ahead, go ahead. Go question. on. I wanted to see how. Uh, no, I was just curious of how. Um, tell, tell us exactly who Courtney is in, in comparison to your, your story because I'm a little confused of who. Is this she work with you? Oh. Courtney is the mastermind of Youth Cross Borders. She um, she traveled to Montagna de Luz a couple of years ago and had the idea to um, to bring people in Ohio living with HIV to Honduras um, to this orphanage so that um, the kids of Montagna de Luz could see that there are other people in the world that are even though they may not speak the same language, they may not have the same skin color that we are dealing with. Uh, very similar battles with stigma and with um, people um, refusing to acknowledge science and um, relying on um, outdated uh, modes of fear regarding HIV and AIDS. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, CJ, can I? I'll, I'll jump in. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Please do. So I, um, I just went on a in 2012. I just signed up for. A trip that I heard about um, didn't know a whole lot um, about HIV at the time, but um, I knew I loved kids, so I just I went on this random trip um, to Montaña de Luz, and we had 38 kids um, who were positive, and I just felt like I, I like I needed to go do something like this, and I kind of um, I try to prepare myself and I was expecting to go and just have a gut-wrenching week where everything was sad and the kids were sickly and you know I was just um, prepared for it to be really depressing but I, I still wanted to do it um, but when I got there I I saw that I was completely wrong and these kids were these kids were happy and they had the medicine they needed and they um, were educated and learning manners and you know, just just a phenomenal group of kids, and I fell in love with all of the kids and um, saw the stigma that they live with, um, going to school, getting put at a desk in a in a, a classroom alone because they might, they you know, uneducated people think they might infect somebody. Um, kids that had to eat off of plastic forks when their classmates were eating off of silverware. Um, kids getting brushed off when, you know, when they were touched by, by one of our kids from the orphanage. And, um, you know, I saw that happening and I thought, well, what if, what if I could, it's a long shot, but what if I could get a group of HIV positive young people to come down here and show, show the kids you know, what, what life can look like and, you know, what, how they can be successful and live normal lives. And, um, you know, it was just kind of a long shot. And I spoke my dream to a a lot of people around me that loved this idea. Um, And so we began 
trying to collect um, about six youth, as we called them. Um, we call them youth ambassadors, and we decided to raise the money, and we did, and ended up taking our first our first trip to Montani de Luz. And now we are in the process of working on our, on our first trip, which will be next January. Um, and you know, it, the whole thing for me was let's let's help make connections. Let's let's show them that they aren't the only people in the world are living with this disease. And um I you know, someone one of you guys said something about connections earlier and it, it just that's what stuck that's what sticks out to me. I just I just wanted to connect these people and let them share their stories and their their fears and their joys and their strategies and so that's what we have been able to do, and I've just been overwhelmed by the backing that we've gotten um, by people like CJ and you know and Kevin Maloney and you know, all the other people that that you guys know of. So, how how many kids uh, are in the orphanage down there? We have um, right now there are about twenty six. Um, and we have a transition house. So once once the kids are a certain age, um, we they have the chance to move into a to a house in a different city um, where they start to learn you know learn skills for going out into the world. And um, so there are about four in the transition house right now, and there are about 24 um, back at the orphanage. It's very interesting hearing you speak about the logistics of, I can't even imagine that the that's huge to put together any type of mission trip, but specifically with individuals um, uh, living with HIV. Can you talk a little bit about, there, there had to be some wrangling going on, uh, whether it be with the Honduran government or the United States. Um, did you have to jump through a lot of hoops in order, you know, when you told them that you wanted to take a, an entire trip full of, of people who were living with HIV. Did that get any pushback? You know, it really didn't. I um, after I went to the orphanage for the first time, um, I literally burst into tears after 24 hours, and I said, "Okay, this this is it for me. This is this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Forget the PTA. You know, I'm a mother of two boys. Forget the PTA and all the other things that I volunteered for. This." You know, this this is what is really grabbing me. And um, so shortly after that, I was asked to join the board of the orphanage. Um, and uh, I took, you know, a couple of other trips there. And then I thought, well, you know, this is a no-brainer. Why don't, why don't we try to do this? Um, and to our knowledge, no one else in the country is doing this. Um, you know, it, it's, it's just us. And we happen to... Um, and we happened to catch the attention of some really great people. Um, you know, one of them was the head of the HIV clinic at Nationwide Children's Hospital. And, you know, she jumped on board and then people from Columbus P Public Health. And the word just kind of kind of spread. Um, the first year, you know, we needed to raise $12,000. And to me, that was huge. And, you know, I didn't even let my children sell Boy Scout popcorn because I hate that stuff. <laughs> um, so for me to, you know, think of to raise twelve thousand dollars, it was, you know, it might might well have been a hundred thousand. But when we put it out, 
we did a GoFundMe, and I mean, bam, people just came out of the woodwork. It, it was just amazing. I still wow. sort of pinch myself that I get to do this. Um, well, so we've just well, I think, a lot of amazing. Uh, Courtney, this is Robert. I think that's awesome. Where can people go and find more information about this? And uh, we'll have to connect with each other on social media. I think maybe just having you come on and talk about this would be, you know, really cool too to hear your aspect and your version of, uh, you know, that side. So, um, what, what yeah. website can people go find more information that. about it? Okay, so right now we're on we're on Facebook, just under Youth Across Borders. And our website, we've been working on our website, and it's supposed to launch in the next two weeks. And that will just be youthacrossborders.org. Um, and Robert, and, we'll, why don't we send Robert the link for the application? Good idea. Good we'll be idea. out. So our, our, our next trip is January 10 through 18 of um, 2018. And what we do is we take six, Six youth, so we, we, youth is kind of not exactly the right word, but between 18 and about 27, um, you can apply for one of the scholarships if, if you are positive. Um, if you're not positive and you're just interested in it, we have 10 to 12 other spots that you can, that you can come apply to come on as a self-paying um, participant. And then we all just work together okay. as a team with the kids down there. Okay, so then people can find your youth across borders on Facebook, and then they can go to our Pazine radio page there as well, and we will also be sharing your page uh, so people can find you too. Thank you for calling in and joining us. Thank you so much. Good Thank you, Courtney. You Have a good day. <laughs> what an awesome. So I just want to really quick uh, put the number out there, 929-477-3572. If you're on hold and want to speak on air with us, press the number 1. I do have area code 336. You're on the air. Who's this? This this is Wanda Brindlemoss. Wanda, hi. Hello, hello Miss Wanda. <laughs> hey, guys. How is everyone? We're good. How are you? I'm good. I'm sorry I'm late. I was up late oh, you're right on time, time baby. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do my best. And I love so how are you, every Wanda? one of you. And I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm very proud of CJ. Thank you. As are we. I know, right? And I love what he's doing, um, and I love that he's willing to collaborate with a seasoned person. Because um, <laughs> I think that, I, I think that's how that we're going to beat back and and actually make a dent in um, the ongoing new cases of HIV is if we work together, young, seasoned, middle whatever so I'm, I'm i'm really proud of each and every one of you young men thank you so um talk a little bit about your uh collaboration that you're working on with cj well it's in its infancy stages right now uh, but um uh, rumor has it and you know how rumors are but this one i think is going to be true <laughs> um is that i will join him um in columbus ohio for a pride parade, and we will be All right. supporting. We will be supporting our belief in um, prevention accesses. Bruce Richmond's um, "U equals U," which means undetectable equals untransmittable, because we believe 
in the science that proves that that statement is true. And I'll expand on that a little bit. Um, one thing about U.S. Cross Borders I just wanted to mention is that it, the application is open nationwide now. Um, it's not just Ohio youth that they're taking. Um, so I just wanted to get that out there. Um, but um, there was a question earlier that I was circling back to, and it was the video of me and my friend um, running. And um, the latest thing that I've started to do um, is continue my racing with um, an undetectable equals untransmittable tour. Um, and so, so far I've done Columbus AIDS Walk, Dayton AIDS Walk, the Glass City Marathon 5K, and yesterday the Toledo AIDS Walk um, 5K, which is the video that you're referring to. Um, and I'm trying to reach people who are, um, who may not have a voice yet or whose voice is in infancy, and they're looking to connect with the community of other people living with HIV and invite these people to march with us in Columbus Pride. Um, it was seen by over, I've marched for the last two years. Um, last year, I marched promoting um, a life after diagnosis tour with uh, Gregory Revenge. And the year before, I marched um, promoting the HIV Ends With Me, the first campaign that I started with. Um, and this year, we want to march um, spreading the message and educating people that undetectable viral loads um, equals an untransmittable um, state of HIV to sexual partners. Um, Columbus, Ohio was actually at Life After Diagnosis, what had the, um, the honor of being the first, I believe the first uh, public viewing of the U equals U um, video that Wanda starred in. Um, and she, I watched it probably 25 times on the drive down um, to Columbus to speak publicly um, and share the message. Um, I, I happen, it happened to um, come out two days before the event, um, and it just kind of was a perfect time to show it. Um, and Bruce Richmond shared it with me, and I shared it with um, people um, with this, project, this thing called Project Inc., which is a subsidiary of Equitas Health in Columbus. Um, and then I shared the video as well um, at um, Transforming Care Conference with Equitas Health in October of last year. Um, I think it's really fitting to have a parade of people living with HIV and allies who are willing to share the message that U equals U um, and embrace facts and science um, versus stigma and fear and have it be at one of the largest pride parades in the Midwest. No, that's awesome. And that was a very long-winded long explanation. <laughs> No, no, I'm excited to. Um, I want to first thanks uh, Wanda for calling in. Uh, I definitely would like to see updates and 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 you know follow you guys as you're you're doing this. It sounds like a, an awesome thing to do to raise awareness and and for kudos for Wanda for getting involved. She's awesome. She's been on the show a few times before, and uh, I definitely enjoy speaking with her. She's one of those people who you just immediately like kind of uh, want to just hug, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so and, let's move I mean, on I, to... I was talking to... Oh, okay. Go ahead. You were talking... Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I just have a caller. I, I, we have a couple more minutes. I, I just, just want to get to the caller who's been waiting on hold. So just let me... Okay, uh, go ahead. Bring this go person live. Area I just wanted to... Seven... Up... Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. You want to say what? I just want to say that the, we are... Like, I will be marching, and I brought... Uh, Wanda will be joining me, and anybody who wants to is willing to join us on June 17th. Um, it's a Saturday in Columbus. 
And if you'd like to run the Pride uh, 5K with me on that Friday, please join us as well. So. There you have it. So let's go ahead to the callers. 770, you're on the air. Who's this? Yeah, Robert, this is Ray Hello? in Atlanta with Pause Vet. Glad to hear you back on the air, live and direct. Hey, Reggie, how are you? Welcome. I'm good, good. How are you? We are doing well. We are doing well. All right, just wanted to say hello and looking forward to uh, your continued advocacy. Well, thank you for tuning in, and, and I have to get you on the show, too. You and Danny, both of you are, are people I've been trying to get on the show, so we'll be in touch this week. Uh, reach out to me. Uh, send me an email, posvetandradio at yahoo.com. Um, Reggie does amazing work for Posvet, so uh, we'll be speaking with him on an upcoming show. So, um, CJ, um, some final words for our listeners. Um, where can they find you, um, your Twitter handle, all that good stuff? Really? Um I, my last name is spelled S-T-O-B-I-N-S-K-I, um, and then CJ, and that's my Twitter and my Instagram handles, and then um, feel free to add me on Facebook, too, um, if you'd like to um, uh, hear more about how you can join us in Columbus, or even join me on um, a different race of, of my tour of educating people. Um, I want to start and continue spreading the message that you equals you. Um, and I just wanted to personally thank, um, thank you, Robert, because you were my initial inspiration. Um, I remember reading um, an article and you said that um, our dreams were not infected. And I, I really hate the use of that term or that word because um, as true as it may be that we are infected with this virus that, um, you know, we are continuing to live and thrive and chase after our dreams. And our, like you said, our dreams are truly not infected, that we need to continue striving for um, having as full of lives as anybody not living with HIV is, um, is, is able to attain. So. Oh, well, thank you so much. That was sweet. You know, um, I remember seeing you first post something like that. It was on one of your uh, your signs, and uh, I was like, hey, I know that saying, and then it was you giving me credit, and you just being an awesome guy. I hope that we cross paths very soon, because um, I would love to meet up with you in person, have coffee, and just kind of just share stories and, you know, talk about collaborating, because that's what this is all about. It's about making a difference by collaborating with each other. So, CJ Stabinski, thank you for joining us this hour on Pause Iron Radio. You have been a hoot. We will share all your information across our platforms. <laughs> Um, any, and we'll see each other in Columbus on the 17th of? of June, right? <laughs> um, uh, you yeah, know, I just want to... Don't hold your tongue. <laughs> yeah, just reiterate, I mean, the message that um, that I started with was HIV ends with me because I believe in a better way. And Positive Young People's Foundation, their their mission was to change the way people think and talk about HIV. And I hope that um, anybody who's listening will join us in, uh, in working towards that mission. Cool. Thank you so much for joining us, TJ. Have a great rest of the Sunday. Thank you. You too. Bye. All right. There you have it. All right, Aaron, are you with me? Yeah, very, very inspirational. Yeah, it's very good to see uh, the younger generation or the next generation uh, doing things. So good for him, good for him. Again, um, I'm just going to end it off with one of our positive messages from our friend and fellow advocate that we saw at uh, Healthy Voices, Josh Joshua Middleton. 
Uh, what an amazing man. Um, go check out the people we spoke about. Go find Aaron Laxton across all social media, Pause Iron Radio to follow myself, Robert. And go check out the blogs that are posted over at pauseironradio.com. Aaron, another great show. I look forward to seeing you soon, hopefully, another conference. For sure. Yeah, we got to talk about positive living because we got to get that uh, that thing in quick if we want to do something together. But if not, I definitely still want to go. So um, I'm going to thank everybody for tuning in, and I hope that you have a positive Sunday. Hey there. I'm Josh, and I've been HIV positive for over four years. And this is my pause message. Yeah, I bet you think you know how this story is going to go. Well, I'm going to do my best to show you how I've learned to see the positive and being positive. No pun intended. I'm healthier today than ever before because I've chosen to make my physical and mental health a priority. I'm happy to share that I've been in a mixed status, serodiscordant relationship with my HIV negative girlfriend for almost two years. We've learned that having a healthy and happy HIV-free baby is more possible today than ever. And I currently have a set plan of action as I'm working towards a pilot's license. Believe me, when I was first diagnosed, I didn't think any of that was going to be possible. You see, our generation has an opportunity today that millions before us never had. We have an opportunity to live. And believe me, I know it's a hard journey. There's no doubt about that. But know that life was never promised to be easy. Learn to separate who you are as a person as opposed to what the virus says you are. It's not the virus, but what you do with the virus that counts. Will it define you or will it refine you? That's a question that only you can answer. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for Paz I Am. You can listen to us each and every Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as we bring you your weekly dose of hope. Join in the conversation on social media, Pause I Am Radio, and at Aaron Laxton. And while you're on there, check out I'm Still Josh as he brings the HIV scoop of the week. Also, if you've not checked out the positive message campaign from Rise Up to HIV, be sure to do so. For all of you who contribute and make this show possible, thank you so very much. If you think you have a story that needs to be covered or you would like to come on air and talk to Robert and myself, please let us know. We want to bring content that you need and that you want. Be sure to download this episode on iTunes and past episodes. We'd love to hear your feedback. From all of us over here at Pause I Am Radio, from Robert Brining and myself, have a safe and healthy week. And until we speak again, stay positive.